Did you like our intro? That was so <laughs> clever. I feel so techy. I love that song, first of all, and it matches with our next set of love languages it for does today. Indeed. We're does. continuing part number D or Dos or Eins, Vi in German. Oh, you know German numbers? Yeah, thanks to my mother. I just know Spanish. What else? Oh, I, d- I should know Italian. Italiano. Italiano. I studied Italian for three weeks in Italy <laughs> and I lost all knowledge. And I was gone. <laughs> when Eat. you don't use it every day, it's gone forever. <laughs> That's the part that stinks. Yeah. I want to get Rosetta Stone for French. I really do. Hmm. How did you learn? Oh, you took Italian. There. Well, I did like Babbel before. Oh, okay. So just like the online, like Duolingo whatever. Kind of Duolingo. Thing. I think I did both Babbel okay. and Duolingo. I think I had to for That's one of my smart. classes. And then when we were there, we got Italian instruction from oh, it's so cool. an Italian. It's like Emily in Paris taking French in Paris. I have yet oh, to watch that show. It's so cheesy good. <laughs> it's because I like Paris. Yeah. Love Paris. Love. Anywho, <laughs> Paris is the city of love. <laughs> Look at that. And we're You're talking welcome. about love today. So we love love. We yeah. said that last time. Do we have any like fun things to talk about today? Did uh, yeah, we love. Well, <laughs> any like announcements? I don't know. Quick announcements. Um, Nothing congratulations to our winner that we don't yeah! have. <laughs> well, we'll have a winner on our Instagram, yeah. but we don't know the winner yet. No, we this don't. Is pre-recorded. This is still Sunday for us. <laughs> so, it's congratulations fine. if you won a hundred dollars on our giveaway. Yeah, thanks for all that participated. We love it. We love it. Do you say thanks for Partici- all that participated or all the participate? All those that participated. Oh, I don't okay. Know. What did I say? I heard something so wacky. And I was Yikes. Like, Girl. I probably said something wacky. Sorry, no, y'all. You're fine. <laughs> That's all the announcements on my end. Cool. I have nothing <laughs> to talk about. Skylar did all the research. I'm just here for this pure is a enjoyment. Good, good book, folks, for those that need a book to read, especially if you're a parent. Again, I know I said this last time, but if you're a parent, this um, Five Love Languages for Children book is amazing and again i know i said it last episode but i learned a lot about myself and a lot about love languages i do have an announcement i was gonna say david moved in comfy chairs (laughs) that's exactly what i was just gonna say i'm very very content now we did bring in i when i say we i mean david brought in yes (laughs) the outside chairs Because they're like, so comfy. I was about to move furniture from the living room in here, and he's like, "No, it's, it's too big. You can't do that." I looked outside, and I was like, "Those. those. I want those." And he was like, "You're the worst." <laughs> I was like, "I don't care." He just moved in one for you, and you're like, "Are you gonna get another one for Skylar?" And he was like, "Well, Skylar's not complaining about the chairs." And I you're was like, like, "But she's a guest. She's not allowed to." <laughs> so he brought in both chairs. Thank you, David. And we're we so comfy you. now. I think I we'll just do this forever so and ever now. Honestly, let's just keep talking for the rest of our lives cool right here <laughs> that's, it. that's it quality time together <laughs> forever quality time oh my gosh you should do a quick recap of okay. the three we've covered all right so uh welcome back um <laughs> hello so again the book that i read was the five love languages of children by gary chapman and ross campbell so in the last episode we went over just love as a foundation um why conditional love and unconditional love are different and how unconditional love is so important um we talked about the first what three love languages so we talked about physical touch so those hugs those kisses those cuddles or as teachers those side hugs or pats on the back whatever it might be a little sh- shoulder tap. A little shoulder tap don't to- touch their heads though unless they like it oh yeah we didn't say that some kids hate being touched on the head they do how like, do you discover that it. i don't know but an adult touched my head and i was like don't touch my head yeah unless like i'm good friends with you then you can play with my hair all day but that's true do not place your palm on the top of my head yeah it's so demeaning yeah as an adult probably as a kid Sometimes I like to like, if they're okay with it, I like to tap their head because it's funny. Yeah. 
I don't know. I'm trying to think. The other day, a student came up. It was after school, and she's just the sweetest. She came up to me just randomly, and it was like release time. She goes, "Miss Rice, I just think you're such a I like I love you being my teacher because Mm -hmm. you I learned so much from you, and I just think you're such a great teacher. And I just did this cute little because she was pretty close to my face, and I just this cute little touch on her cheeks. I was like thank you like you just made my day and she's just really sweet and even that like little touch on the cheek just she was like she smiled after that so physical touch is important even as teachers um i know it can be a little challenging and a little like you just have to be careful with how you do it um so that's physical touch we talked about words of affirmation so the right kind of praise Mm -hmm. the power of encouragement um listen to episode 10 because there is a way to praise and yes. a way not to praise so yes. please do take that into consideration refer back to that episode but it we is talked, so important though. it is the way you praise is very important yeah. um and then we talked about quality time so you know having lunch with students or working one-on-one with them and ending it with a nice conversation about something that they want to talk about or making sure that you take the time just to go to recess like mm-hmm. we talked about how we always go to recess and even this past week i i skipped like two days because i had kind of a cold this week and i didn't want to go out into the cold when you have a cold it just isn't fun so when my kids came back in they were like where were you and I was like no I'm sorry inside (laughs) I didn't want to come outside it was too cold um so yeah just spending that quality time um with your students and especially if you're a parent with your children and making sure that you show all five love languages throughout their childhood I shouldn't do this but I'm gonna just quick tangent go for it because you were talking about being outside yes and Somewhere I heard it was either in my book or something, something about being outside as much as possible with children Mm -hmm. and how important it is. And I was like, I just wish that there was some way that our society could normalize teaching outside. Like, I know it's so tricky and you can never guess what the elements are going to be or what surprises are going to pop upon you because the classroom can be much more controlled than that outside Mm -hmm. environment. But well, and I literature every now and again outside or reading groups that's what I was just gonna say is I uh, on a day that my TA wasn't there and I could tell my kids were just getting kind of antsy in their Mm -hmm. seats I was like you know what we don't have Mr. Neese here so why don't we all just go outside and we went outside we sat I kind of did half in the shade half in the sun because it was cold a little bit but like Mm -hmm. whatever and we just sat and just read and it was just so nice because I still did my snap reading and so they were still following along um but and I just had some students like cuddling up close to me some Mm. kind of further away from me so it's just it is nice to be outside that vitamin d is very important it's so good so yeah um so that's kind of what we talked about the last episode and so now i'll get into the next love language which is gifts so a true gift is not payment for services rendered rather it is an expression of love for the individual and it is freely given by the donor so it should never should never be a gift to receive something in return Mm -hmm. it should just be pure out of the love that you have for that child you're giving this gift to them um so giving gifts can be abused um it is often Mm -hmm. tempting to shower children with gifts as substitutes for other love languages um same thing with like parents may sometimes resort to giving gifts rather than being present for their children um so it is important to make sure if your child's love language is gifts, you also need to pair it with other love languages. I think like gifts is a difficult one um, because you don't want to, I don't want to say train, but you don't want to, you don't want to train your child to be materialistic as well. Um, One, like if you think about it, gifts don't always have to be store bought. Exactly. Like they can be made flower from nature. Exactly. And that's, and it talks about that too in the chapter is, (laughs) is that like, even just getting something like if you went on a trip and you brought back a rock from the Grand Canyon, whatever. I love rocks. That's what I'm saying. Like your child rock collection. would love that. Yeah. So um, gifts can be easier sometimes than emotional involvement. So it is important again. Mm. Um, don't let it overtake. Don't let the gifts overtake any other love um it says parents and grandparents may need to give less rather than more carefully choosing gifts that will be meaningful rather than impressive i like that meaningful Meaningful. something that has 
like, like sentimental yeah. value and it talked about Which, in, go ahead i was just gonna say those are preferred in yes, my opinion in, in my opinion i same. i would rather have anything that has meaning behind it than an object mm-hmm. i'm but then again my love language is not gifts by any means like, yeah i don't i don't know tangibles to me are like oh my gosh thanks like yeah where, where am i gonna put this exactly. is where i go and with it, it really does depend on the gift too if it yeah. is a sentimental gift like i i appreciate that more yeah. than whatever it might be unless it's money money doesn't count <laughs> true because money can go news. towards groceries and like the things that i need well and that's i think that's where i get Which my like different. sense of like gifts from like i will take a gift card yes from a parent yeah. any day but that's different because we make no monies that's and, what like, i'm saying those gift cards go to either if they're like to a place they yes. actually go to the place that we probably can't afford yes. without it uh-huh. or to food and it i will say a parent for christmas just i yeah. gave me cash and i texted that parent i said i cannot tell you how much i appreciate mm-hmm. this because that helps me pay for my groceries this yes. week like bottom yeah. line oh, as teachers yeah. like i we do and for us too especially because we're paying for our master's degree yep. like it money does go a long way and i hate to say that it does because though. but the fact the fact is we teach because we love it not because we're right. making any sort of money that can help us survive yeah. it, honestly <laughs> but, like every time i get cash i'm like oh great that goes towards gas yeah or like i appreciate oh, it there's my groceries this week or whatever yeah, yeah so parents out there that's the life that we're living though <laughs> and so grateful for it like you oh, said unbelievably grateful world, but like, and especially ooh. our school does uh snowstorm or they don't call it snowstorm anymore great hearts where parents just donate money and all that money just gets divided amongst the teachers and i can't tell you how like grateful we are for that um so that's that's a little side note on gifts but um (laughs) again (laughs) so gifts especially with children you can tell um they kind of have like a little chapter not chapter uh paragraph so it says these children will also make a special place in their room for the new gift so that they can display it proudly so it's kind of a way of showing i think it gave an example of like um uh, parents came home from a trip and got one daughter whatever gift it was and got the other daughter another gift and the daughter whose love language was gifts like loved it and put it in her room like made a little special place on her shelf for it whereas the other daughter was just like i just want to hang out with you guys like so it just depends on the child but um it says they will share it with their friends and they will show it to you again and again in the next few days they will say how much they like it the gift holds a special place in their hearts because it is in fact an expression of love of your love Mm -hmm. seeing the gift reminds them that they are loved it doesn't matter to them if they if the gift was made found or purchased whether it was Mm -hmm. something that they had desired or not what matters is that you thought about them yeah and I say that too kind of with my fiance is if he brings home literally because he works at Costco Mm -hmm. if he brings home candles I'm like oh my gosh you do love me yeah (laughs) so like there's different things like because he knows how much I love candles or even like every once in a while he'll bring home or especially during like Valentine's Day time Mm -hmm. he'll bring home like chocolate covered strawberries and like again he doesn't have to spend a crazy amount of money just the fact is like if he's walking through costco and he sees something that i would like and gets it like that's an expression of his love Mm -hmm. and i do appreciate that so yeah yeah. i honestly love like when it's random Mm -hmm. you know always random like not for a specific reason but Mm -hmm. hey i was thinking of you and i saw this like i told david you could literally drive down the side or walk down the side of the road and pick a flower and i'd be like oh well and i think about (laughs) kids right when they bring you all these like when we go to the retention basin, there's daffodils left and right. And oh my gosh. All yeah. those sweet things. Or dandelions. That's what I was going to say. My yeah. student that I talked about in the previous episode of like his qual- his love language is quality time. Um, he went out with Mr. Niece for quality time. And then I brought the kids out to them for recess. And he walked up to me with a dandelion Aww. and was like, here, this is for you. They're and so I was fun. like, Can, do you want to like make a wish and like blow it with me? And mm-hmm. he did. And it was like Aww. one of the sweetest things ever. So just that. little things like that even are so appreciated. And they really like 
I think about this as both receiving and giving. Like, they give their love a lot of the times through, like, the things that they make. Yeah. So, and you do a great job, too, of, like, displaying whatever they make you. Oh, yeah. I put it all on my yeah. my cabinet and stuff, usually. And I think they, like, really do appreciate seeing yeah. that. Especially seeing yeah. it throughout the whole year. They're like, wow, I gave that to her at the beginning of the oh. year. She still has it. I still have that rock from the student we had our second year together. Little Blondie. I'll tell you who after. Rock. Lives down the street right here the lemonade stand he knows who i'm talking about i'm gonna make him listen now oh um little brothers in first grade anyway he gave uh, me a rock and he painted it with like a cactus mm-hmm. and stuff and i still have it and i will never get rid of it because mm. i freaking love it yeah it's so simple I so know. small and i'm like i love this because I, you put time and effort into it yep and you gave it to me and that's what matters i know i have a raw a painted rock on my desk that's been yes. there since the beginning of the year that my student gave me so that's so cute or even a student from last year printed a picture that we took together and literally just made a frame out of popsicle oh, sticks yeah, I love and it that sits gift. on my desk so it's just different so things sweet. like that but for teachers um you know this language i feel like is used less by teachers because because you can't buy gifts buy gifts but i even thought of the example like when we went to coronado and you Mm. got shells for all your students oh that was so fun (laughs) did they not love it no they did little sand dollars exactly oh sand dollars yeah because like there's an abundance of them there and i was like this is a free and b they love that stuff yeah exactly they that means that you were thinking of them over spring break so just different things like that (laughs) or I think of like the end of the year gift that we make for the kids Mm -hmm. the frame so at the end of the year we always print a uh, class picture if they're listening oh sorry I'm just kidding they might not be I don't know skip ahead children if you're in our class um yeah so we like give a little gift at the end of the year (laughs) I love how you like (laughs) totally (laughs) shot it down yeah (laughs) oops we do have a couple students that listen we do have a couple students hi students we love you um so yeah that's gifts again gifts is kind of harder for teachers but for parents i think if you know like if you see that your child is displaying this gift and and really appreciates it then you can tell like then that's when you can give gifts more often i feel like if your child displays other love languages then obviously go with those and less with the gifts because again you don't want them to have like a materialistic view mm-hmm. on things um so yeah that'd yeah. be gifts um and then the last love language I is love this one acts of service so me we serve our children but our primary motivation is not to please them our cheap cheap <laughs> chief purpose our cheap purpose <laughs> is to do what is best for them so obviously acts of service i feel like relates more to parents than it does to teachers but it no. can still i can still i mean i'm saying more so for parents yeah we serve a lot though we do serve <laughs> a lot but saying. it's saying like if you put three candy bars in your child's lunch she'll be really happy about it but you won't be giving her what's best. Yeah, don't so do like that. So like that is <laughs> like things like that. So don't view acts of service as a way to manipulate your child, Ooh, obviously. Yeah. So if parents give in to desires or even like demands for too many gifts and too much service, our children will remain child- yeah. childishly self-centered and become selfish. So and we don't want that. We don't want that. So don't and i've seen this before with kids that i've babysat when a child demands something rather than asks for it that's when they become a little too selfish because then they view all adults as serving them so this is one that's like borderline you want to do acts of service for your child Mm -hmm. but you also want to make sure that they're learning to do things like self-sufficient doing things for themselves um so the authors say like you should do for your children what they cannot do for themselves um so parents who are too busy to teach their children how to do laundry or too perfectionist to let them do it are not loving those children but crippling them so again if there are things and i another family i babysit for he's eight years old nine years old and he does his own laundry so it's like they're capable they are very capable and you need Yes, you should be doing things for your children all the time, but only what they cannot do for themselves. You should not be hand and foot serving them. Well, and also it goes back to quality time. Like Mm -hmm. that can be time cooking, quality time spent together. You can be cleaning your room together. Like make it a game. Yeah, like anything. I was reading my book and it was like, put 
a basket right in the middle of the room for all their toys Mm -hmm. and then you pick up all the soft toys and you have to throw it and make it like that's quality time yeah and it's an act of service like boom there's two in one (laughs) two in one so let's see we serve our children but as they are ready we teach them how to serve themselves and then serve others so i kind of appreciated that as well um the ultimate purpose for acts of service to children is to help them emerge as mature adults who are able to give love to others through acts of service um so sorry i had like a little hiccup burp um (laughs) but yeah so acts of service and it went into like as as your children get older you need to set an example for them of servicing others in need so and it went into uh, I'm trying to think if I I don't think I highlighted it but there was um a family where they invited um like college students over every Friday night for like just a dinner and they like service them yeah they like service them a dinner and like whatever and so then the children grow up around that knowing Mm -hmm. like that you can invite people into your home and that you can service other people either in need or whatever it might be but then even like the children started to like go around asking questions to all these other like college kids or whatever and they became comfortable with it so it is important to show your children um that you can serve others like it's not all about you right like even community service things like that um giving back to the community um which i want to be better about i I think we're just wrapped up in you know school and and things and i know i was even talking to like my family the other day and how I'm like I can't wait to have so much time to like do things for myself Mm -hmm. but also to start doing things for others yes and like I'm still I've had this tab open on my on my (laughs) internet forever of applying for big brothers big sisters because I want to do something for the community I just like cannot find the time right now but that's of course like just an excuse so I'm just things like that well one of my students is going to the food bank or she went a couple weeks ago and Mm -hmm. I told her and I was dead serious I was like please tell me when you're going again because I would I would honestly go if she went with me does that make sense yeah like if I went with her family because I have a good relationship with that family but I was like tell me when you go because I would love to join Mm -hmm. you know it's like a an added bonus to be there with one of your students yeah for sure and and I know that as a kid, we would do like things here and there. Um, but I would always just love to give back a little bit more. So I think I said this point already, but like the ultimate purpose, of course, for acts of service is to help them emerge into mature adults mm-hmm. who are then able to give others um give to others through acts of service so it says um how do we move towards this ultimate goal first we make sure that our children feel genuinely loved and cared for so again filling that emotional tank um we keep their tanks full also we are role models for them by our example they first experience loving acts of service as they grow older and are able to show appreciation we can gradually move from commands to requests so requests do not or I'm sorry, requests do not demand. It is difficult for children to feel good about expressing appreciation when they are commanded to do so. Um, It is the difference between saying, um, say thank you to your father or would you say thank you to your father? So obviously that's a command versus a request. Um, But making requests is more soothing. Um, It keeps away from anger and then it helps us to be positive and pleasant. So by doing... I guess, acts of service and things like that. Again, when your children are young, you have to do a lot of things for them. But as they start to age, you start showing them how they can do things for themselves and then for others. Mm -hmm. Um, So I said for... Let's see. They need to experience your acts of service to them and be involved in you caring for other people so that you can teach them by example to show concern for others. So for teachers, I kind of just said like the biggest thing is teaching the importance of serving others through regular involvement together in a local community group. So like it's just important 
I think to take that time every once in a while to read, I don't know, a book on community service, even though we don't teach like social studies, we do teach history, but because it's better, it is better, (laughs) but you can still weave in like doing things to help out your community. Lead by example. Lead by example. So yeah, those are all the love languages. Mm -hmm. Um, The next chapter was on like how to discover your child's primary love language. So by speaking the five love languages, we are showing children how to love others and how his or her own need to learn to speak to others' love languages. So essentially like by showing all the love languages, they can then learn them and then give them to others as well. Um, While you need to look for your child's primary love language, you also need to keep in mind that children go through stages in loving as they do in everything else. So that's how I see it too. Like most recently, I would say mine has moved towards words of affirmation, whereas it used to be like more, um, I would say acts of service and things. We go through stages. I was going to say it definitely changes as like your needs change in your life. Kind of you go through all the phases in your life, right? Mm Mm-hmm. At times, you're going to need more acts of service than you do need gifts or words. Like right now, I need all the acts of service. David knows that by moving these chairs inside. Yep. That was him showing that love. That was his. <laughs> it's fine. I went to Supercross yesterday. That was mm. me showing him quality time. Quality See? Time. Look at that. Sorry, I'm trying to drink my smoothie, but there's a nice <laughs> little chunk in there. All right. Um, awesome. Let's see. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. you can employ the following methods as you seek to discover your child's language so ways that you can discover first you can observe how your child expresses love with you so as a parent um or teacher or teacher i would say it's but be- it, they say it's best used for children um who are between five and ten years old so right in our Sweet age spot. range yep. um so again Like with the girls who always come up and hug me, I can tell a lot of their love language is physical touch. So Mm -hmm. you're you're observing how that child expresses love with you. Next, you can observe how your child expresses love to others. So if your child always wants to bring a gift to his teacher, this may indicate Mm -hmm. that his love language is receiving gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously just observing. And it says to like take notes too. So like go like a full week and just observe your child and figure out and like take notes on what they do for others and what they do to you as well you know it'd be awesome if Mm. parents could do that and then get back to us (laughs) well and this is what we were talking (laughs) about with carter at work we i think there is a quiz that she found and she had her daughters take it that we should send that home in the first you know how we send home like what we like tell us something about your child we should also have them take this little quiz at home and then yes. bring it back to us i'm like because profusely nodding my head right now yes she is. Not the right <laughs> word, but. um but yeah i think it's important for us as teachers especially you do only have that year to get to know them and you really want to build those relationships when the fir- within the first yes. few weeks of school so knowing their love language right off the bat would be so helpful and so useful yes it would Um, it also says to listen to what your child requests most often. So if your child often asks you to look what I'm doing, um, while you're playing outside or sit and read a story to her, um, she's requesting quality time. If your child is constantly soliciting comments on his work, then his love language may be words of affirmation. So like, Hey, like, look what I did. Like, do you like that? Whatever it might be. Um, noticing what your child most frequently complains about can also interesting yeah so if if your child is saying like you work too much or you're always busy (gasps) that can indicate quality time like hey like pay attention to me i i notice that too at home with matt i'm like hey can i have some hugs yeah hey can i have some hugs look at me look at yeah like hang out with me hang out with me (laughs) so your ankle just popped (laughs) oh it's your hip um so yeah that can indicate as well or just giving your child a choice between two options. So kind of like between two love languages. So if you lead your child to make choices between two love languages, you can start to see. So like for one whole week, like kind of choose between quality time and acts of service. So it's like, hey, would you rather after school, like you and I go get, 
ice cream together or would you rather that I like make your lunch in the morning like giving them Mm, those options yeah and you can start to discover which one is theirs so just different ways I think as teachers obviously we spend seven hours a day with them and a lot of it is instruction but you know asking like these this or that questions would you rather have this or would you rather have that Mm -hmm. um that's also providing choice it is and you always want to provide choice Mm -hmm. so those are just different ways that you can discover your child's love languages um or your their primary love language so then the next chapter kind of went into just like discipline as a whole especially with the love languages so i'm excited because my whole book that i just read is on discipline yeah gentle so i wonder like if they're gonna align or oh, I'm be sure they will especially I have a they will especially because yours is called gentle discipline so. yes so yes. um contrary to what people think discipline is actually not a negative word discipline Correct. comes from a <laughs> greek word that means to train mm-hmm. so when disciplining you are training your child to do something they shouldn't do or to do something they should do um to be effective and disciplined parents also must keep the child's emotional love tank filled with love so this whole book obviously relates to love as a whole so when disciplining your child the best way and I think it goes back to love and logic too you have to have that relationship you have to have that love tank full in order for them to listen to you when you're trying to discipline so disciplining without love is like trying to run a machine without oil it may appear to be working for a while but will end in disaster so again you have to discipline with love same thing with love and logic you have to empathy empathy it all comes back to that empathy that love um before we're able to effectively discipline um a child in love we need to ask two questions one how does a child love or how does my child love mm. and what does my child need when he misbehaves so a so lot of the times looking for the root yeah what looking do they need? for that like root mm-hmm. cause of like why is my child behaving this way um trying oh, to get this to... is making me so excited for the next episode <laughs> and it's so helpful too sorry i'm looking for this page so authors say when we ask what does this child need we can proceed rationally and then decide on a proper course a child who misbehaves has a need to overlook the need behind the misbehavior can prevent us from doing the right thing so asking ourselves what can i do to correct my child's behavior often leads to thoughtless punishment asking what does my child need lets us proceed with confidence that we will handle the situation well so you need to think about what your child needs when they're misbehaving because behavior is all rooted in something something they're misbehaving for a reason um so if we deal with misbehavior wrongly either too harshly or too permissively um we will have further problems with that child and those problems will worsen as he grows older so And this was something, too, that they say when a child genuinely feels sorry for what they have done, there is no need to proceed further. Right. Because that's punishment when you are punishing a child, even though they are sorry and genuinely know what they did wrong, you're it's going to it's not going to have a positive effect at Mm -hmm. all. So the way that you can wipe away guilt as a clean like kind of wiping like wiping away that guilt so if a child feels guilt then they know what they did is wrong and if you like punish them for that especially like corporal punishment it could like it can be detrimental to that child um yeah because you're just rubbing dirt in the wound well and you're hindering their ability to develop like a good conscience because Mm. you're essentially saying like you feel guilty well i'm gonna make it worse for you so they don't want to come to you and be honest yeah exactly this whole book I'm telling you. <laughs> so the they gave five ideas on controlling your child's behavior so first idea is making requests so requests are pleasant to the child and help um to ease the anger that they um that may be stirred by a parent's command so always making requests over commanding first then there are obviously mm-hmm. times where requests don't work, right. which is when you issue commands. So issuing you pull love and logic. Yes, exactly. So issuing commands is necessary at appropriate times. So requests obviously are vastly superior when you have a choice, but commands are necessary when requests fail. Um, 
commands are are definitely a negative means of control because they require yeah. like harsher tones than requests do. Um, and the authors say the more you use authorita- authoritarian techniques such as commands or scolding, nagging, or screaming, the less effective you become. Well, um, yeah. But if you normally use pleasant requests, then the occasional use of commands will generally be effective. And we have said that before. If you are pleasant with your kids and things like that as a teacher, and then... And as a parent. And, and as a parent, then when you do have to use that, like, harsh, I don't want to say yell, but it can tone, be yeah. a tone, that's, when you have, when you use that tone and your whole class is silent and looking at you, you know that it's effective. Right. Because you don't use that often. So they know you mean business when you use that tone. Yeah. Whereas you use that tone all the time, guess what? In one ear, it out the other. It loses its impact. It loses its impact. And I think about like how detrimental that can be in a safety issue. Oh, for sure. Like fire if drills. there is a fire or something, heaven forbid, mm-hmm. that there is a danger. Mm-hmm. And if you use that tone too frequently, they're going to be like, oh, it's just another day. Yeah. There's nothing more severe about this situation than there is any other day. Whereas like if you never use it mm-hmm. and you use it in a time that they are in danger mm-hmm. they know. all heads turn oh for sure it is a okay we yep. need to stop and this means business <laughs> because i've never heard that come out of yeah. my teacher before <laughs> should be scary so making requests first then obviously if that doesn't work issuing commands can be useful if needed um another one is just like a gentle physical manipulation so kind of like moving your child a little nudge in the right direction like you know if they're sitting at their seat and you've asked them hey let's make sure we're facing forward whatever it might be then you walk by maybe a little gentle tap on the shoulder of hey let's actually face forward now yeah um and then the fourth one is punishment which is obviously the most negative um and it's also the most difficult method to control because punishment obviously must fit the crime because children are very aware of fairness. So if you give a too harsh punishment, they're aware of it or whatever it might be. But also consequence should always follow the action. Like mm-hmm. it needs to relate. You can't, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like I always think of recess, right? It's like the first thing to go mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't. But if a student draws on the wall, mm-hmm. they, they need to go erase the wall. Yeah. They shouldn't be sitting out of recess. Like no. they should be addressing the issue at hand yeah. or if they, I don't know, break a chair in the theater, <laughs> I always think of like the lund or whatever. Yeah. Then they need to go and address that and like either tell the person that needs to fix it or attempt to fix it themselves. Yeah. Or it, it does have to match the age, obviously. Yeah. I mean, a kindergartner can't like, I don't know. Yeah. They can clean a little bit, but they can take a sponge to a wall. Yeah, they can. Um, So obviously punishment must fit the crime but it needs to be fair and it shouldn't be used often um and then the last one is just behavior modification so behavior modification is using kind of a combination of them so positive reinforcement negative reinforcement and punishment um at specific times when it's useful so it can be useful at times um particularly for specific reoccurring behavior problems for which a child shows no remorse so again it goes back to that like if your child is genuinely guilty for what they did you should not have to do anything after that because they already know that they what they did was wrong and that doesn't mean that you can't like gently like love them and say you know what i know that you know what you did is wrong but, like, I still think that it's best that you don't play Xbox for the rest of the day. Like, whatever it might right. be. You can still do things. But discipline is most effective when it happens in the context of love. So it yeah, is wise to give a child a conscious expression of love both before and after admonishing punishment. So rather than just yelling and getting upset with your child, it should be, hey, I love you and I care for you. I noticed that this happened. Not okay. This is what we're going to do about it. Just know that I still love you. And like you said, discipline is rooted in the Latin word or the Greek word to teach or to learn, right? To train. You as a parent, as a teacher, your job is to create a functioning human being in society and you're not doing that by scolding them. Mm-mm. You're going to be doing that by sitting down and having real conversations and 
rooting your discipline and love exactly and it goes back to love and logic too of like cop a versus cop b like you get pulled over and the cop scolds you and like whatever then guess what it's I hate their, that cop. It's their fault. They're yeah. the reason you got pulled over versus cop B who says, hey, did you realize you were speeding? Like right. more disappointment than anything. And then you're like, shoot, I got caught. This is my fault. Whatever it might be. So <laughs> would you like to do traffic school today or tomorrow? <laughs> exactly. So again, I know I've mentioned this point, but you should not use a form of discipline that is directly related to your child's primary love language. So if your child's primary love language is words of affirmation, Scolding them doesn't especially help. scolding them is going to be so harsh for them and mm-hmm. they and it just causes these character traits that you don't want in your child um your or quality being. time you don't want to take that quality time away no but replace it with a different kind of consequence so things like that are all disciplining in the proper way <laughs> i guess you should say we'll talk more about it too i have lots to say oh we have full episodes on on discipline yes. <laughs> and how to discipline very specific things which mm-hmm. is really cool for Ooh, me i'm excited i know love it all right last two big things so the last uh, second to last one is learning and the love languages so small children and we know this as teachers love to learn Indeed. They are born with this innate hunger for learning that remains strong unless adults bore, spank, train, (laughs) or discourage it out of them. So that is not kind. Yes. So children are more emotionally emotional than cognitive. So that is they remember feelings more readily than they do facts. So they remember how it felt in a particular situation Mm -hmm. much more easily than they recall the actual details of the event. And that's true for us too. Like I cannot like remember how I felt um, when Matt proposed. I cannot tell you a single word he said to me, (laughs) but I remember exactly how I felt in that moment. So So just different things like that. Um, When a teaching situation is boring or degrading a child is likely to reject even the best teaching so that's why I mean we do talk about being engaging when we teach and having the children be involved in their learning but even the best teachers if you are boring or degrading they're not listening to you just say this I'm gonna say it just say it unpopular opinion (laughs) get the textbook out of the classroom Uh, take the textbook out of your classroom do I don't your care. Job and know the stuff. Know the content and teach it from your mouth, your not from heart, a textbook. your soul, your mind. Yep. Bring it to life. Stop having fifth graders, sixth graders, seventh graders, and onward. Yep. Read out of a textbook because it's doing nothing for them. Oh, and I remember in like seventh grade, they would just be like, "All right, everybody, get your textbooks out. You're yep. reading page 130 to and 140." I'm like, to make Ugh. it worse, your popcorn reading or yep. you're reading silently. Yep. And it does nothing for you. And then they expect you to know that information. Mm -hmm. The best teachers are the ones that bring it to life. I will never forget my junior year American history teacher. He, chef's kiss. (laughs) So great. Yeah. Like you remember that passion, that yearning, that desire to like protrude what you know know, and bring it to your life. And when I had that conversation with our dean of instruction on what, like mm-hmm. how children gain a sense of wonder and it's through their teachers. Yeah, it's not through the textbook. When your teachers wholeheartedly love a subject, your children are going to be more curious yes. about it. And that's just bottom line. I mean, I didn't yeah. love history until I had a teacher who loved history. Yes. And that's just, and I've learned to, not even learned, I've grown to love history more yes. than anything. So it's just these different different ways of teaching and you just you have to make it engaging for them um it's like i think about like addressing the behavior up front by like spending quality time right mm-hmm. if you're learning your material ahead of time and you know what you're talking about yeah your kids are going to go much further and you're going to have that time up front versus mm-hmm. taking time out later to either reteach yeah or i fix the problem exactly. because it only grows as kids move forward yep please 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 <laughs> please take your textbooks away uh, yeah like there's fifth graders that have textbooks and i'm like no they're 10 11 yeah let them love learning still from a teacher yes <laughs> sorry no Tangent you're good over. um so 
how love language love languages aid in learning. So emotional development can make a tremendous difference in a child's learning readiness and process. And that is where parents can help the most. So when a parent is regularly giving all five love languages, you're not only meeting your child's emotional need for love, but also providing him or her with the physical and intellectual stimuli needed to develop his emerging interest. So give your children all love languages because Mm -hmm. you it just I don't know it just it sparks that interest in like I don't know I just feel like when you feel love from others then you feel like you want to learn from others and you I don't know I don't know how to connect that more but yeah so and parents also don't realize that a child can fall behind emotionally Mm -hmm. so even in second grade a lot less tears than kindergartners, but I do still have like two students that will cry every week about Mm -hmm. something that I'm sorry should not be a thing you cry about anymore. And we have to let them cry. Yeah. And I have to let them cry. I mean, first couple weeks I would, you know, I'd come and I'd be like, what's wrong, whatever it might be. But there is a student that will come back crying from PE almost Mm. every week. And I just at this point have to ignore it because I know that it's either someone bumped into me or my foot hurts or whatever it might be. So it's like I no longer need to address that crying because. But there's a root to that. There is. There's a root to that. And it's that like perseverance through whatever it is that she's going through. Um, And we've talked about it with her parents, too. But your child can hinder or their their development and emotional like emotions whatever can hinder um so making sure again quality conversations with your kids is very important and please let them feel all the emotions about it later but and we've said it like you need to let your child feel feelings yep you do and we'll talk about it a little bit with anchor too oh cool um so studies consistently show that parental involvement in education helps children thrive in school as well so, so volunteer in our so foster homes, volunteer please. which we get i feel like at our school in particular we do have a really we good a parent community. involvement especially for me i'm like the teacher representative at the avpso meetings mm-hmm. the board meetings and the things that these parents do at our school are just incredible amazing and it's all volunteer based like they are not getting paid Mm -mm. to put on all these events at our school and yet they like their lives are all revolved around it so thank you to all the parents that do such amazing things at our school or any school for that matter um and thank you for volunteering even when you don't have the time like really from the bottom of our hearts we know that you're busy Mm -hmm. and we know that you have a million things on your plate but even taking an hour out of an hour to come read in reading groups is means everything to us yep exactly um and then another thing that they kind of mentioned in the book is that how research also consistently demonstrates that greater affection or sorry greater attention from fathers results in less delinquent behavior and higher levels of education for children and that's not with everyone obviously Mm -hmm. but um you know it does affect a family when a Mm -hmm. father figure is not there that's coming from me who did not always have a father figure mm-hmm. so it does have a an effect on the children right. um emotional maturity means the ability to control their anxiety withstand stress and maintain balance during times of change so it is important for your child to learn emotional maturity and they're not going to get it for a long time and that's okay yep there are, they will go through phases but where, their brain doesn't fully develop until my book said like late teens, early 20s. Like yep. that component of your brain does not develop mm-hmm. as a child, but it is so important to, again, teach those skills, yeah. to be modeling those skills mm-hmm. and showing your child what it means to be emotionally mature. Yep. It's so important. It's hard to do. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, and then the last part of this chapter just kind of went into how you can motivate your child. So again, filling their love tank and training them to manage their anger is very important. Encouraging your child's interest. So it says when parents take the initiative to convince a child to take whatever, music, mm football whatever it is um the results are rarely positive Mm -hmm. um the key is to let your child take the initiative Mm -hmm. if they 
want to play football great let's sign you up for football hey how are you liking football you don't really love it do you want to try something else whatever it might be do not push your hopes and dreams on your children because we all know that it can have not the most positive effect but Mm. i will say this if you've signed up for it and you've committed to it, yes. you need to stick it out. Oh, yes. Like, for a season. You can't just let yes. your child quit mid-season. Yes. I, think I also agree with that. Life lessons yes. in itself. I don't think unless they are physically and mentally yes. like Impaired hate it, it and yes. it's causing them so many problems, then obviously. Mm-hmm. But if they're just not loving it, well, you committed to it. Let's mm-hmm. finish out the season and then we can find something new next season. Yes. Whatever it might be. Um, also allowing your child to take responsibility. I mean, this even goes back like with, I just had to send an email out to my parents, um, or the parents of my students on, I'm giving out oops forms. Even if your child did the homework and didn't turn it in, Mm -hmm. they're still going to get an oops form because we Mm -hmm. have, they somehow have to learn responsibility for turning in their homework. And I did get a response from a parent that was like, thank you so much for like doing this because that does teach them accountability, responsibility and and, um, everything like that. So, you know, regarding their homework, help them if they ask for it, but do Mm -hmm. not take the initiative to sit down and like, well, at a certain point, obviously kindergarten, you're going to need to help them. Well, it just takes more repetition. It does more practice so like helping them out kindergarten first grade when they get to second grade hey how'd homework go do you need any help with Mm -hmm. it and they're like no I think I got it then you know double checking that they did it correctly you should should double check it. please double check it because I guarantee there's something that went wrong sometimes it doesn't get completed so just just double check it please and I just think of like the family that we talk about that they are teaching their children responsibility but they need to model it first. Like mm-hmm. you can't just let your child at five years old um, decide Be independent. Um, that they either need to take a shower in the morning or at night. Like I think you can make that decision for them. Like teach them to be responsible. I mean, responsible. you could give them choice for sure. Always. But, but you need letting to Letting them model. do that on their own. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, We're what? at 50 minutes. Okay, just cool. Just to give you a heads up. Last chapter. We got it. Yay. So this last one I found to be really important as well. It's anger and love. So often we feel anger and love at the same time. So mishandled anger is at the root of most of society's problems. Mm -hmm. Yet we must realize that anger has a positive place in our lives and in rearing our children. So yes. Okay. That's so interesting. Isn't it? Because yeah. Because anger, like, we all feel anger. We cannot Mm -hmm. help it. It is a natural emotion that we feel. Anger is not evil. Mm -hmm. Not all anger is evil. So even it says in the book, like, wanting justice or care for someone's welfare, Mm -hmm. you can feel that anger. You can feel that, like, you want that justification. That is the type of anger that we want in lives. Like, that's what we want. Um or like the ultimate and righteous purpose of anger is to motivate motivate us to set things right and to correct evil. So um, I just think of like um, the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. It, it is rooted in this like anger of why, why is this not ju- like it's I'm trying to think of the words, but like the anger of wanting justification for mm-hmm. black lives and whatever it might be. Um, that anger is like the good type of anger mm-hmm. where you want something right. Um, so You're trying to correct, trying to correct yeah. things. Right. Bring so justice to those that deserve that deserve mm-hmm. it and that don't get it. Um, the right kind of anger. So if the child is not taught to handle anger in a mature way he will always have pockets of immaturity in his character that is like in his personal values and ethics and morals so not teaching your child how to handle anger model 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 always model and Um, the thing is like you said anger is so natural so it's going to happen and it's better to show it than to hide it exactly you should in this i see it as teachers too oh yeah show your anger in the appropriate ways and at the appropriate times and then come back afterward and discuss it but show how you overcame yeah i took a deep frustration i was so angry and i took a deep breath Mm -hmm. and i felt better i did have to leave the room like whatever it might be Mm -hmm. but they and they need to see all emotions they need to see all of them they do um and then it talks about like a passive aggressive behavior so a more common 
and destructive mm. way to handle anger is passive aggressiveness. Yeah. And I know this myself because I am a passive aggressive person. Aren't we all somewhere? I mean, every, I feel like everyone has those passive aggressive behaviors, situations, yeah. but, um, they explain passive aggressive behavior as an expression of anger that gets back at a person Ugh. or a group indirectly right. or passively. So that's just like not letting that anger out and just doing it passively. Which um, never sat. It's never satisfying. It's never anyway. satisfying because you never get, get what you want out of it no um so it's better for your child to express their anger verbally rather than behaviorally so when a child lets their anger out verbally too many parents end up lashing out and yelling back yelling back or giving that anger right back to them right so the more anger a child expresses verbally the less there would be to come out in a destructive attitudes and Mm -hmm. behavior so when a child does like if you allow it to come out verbally mm-hmm. um that's when those passive aggressive behaviors don't usually happen or like when you i guess punish a child for letting Being out their angry. anger verbally that's when passive aggressive behavior and it's also going to come out physically yeah it's going to be destroying things it's throwing it's punching things. walls it's, yeah. yeah people other things whatever it might be um passive aggressive behavior will follow if you do not allow that anger to come out verbally so well, and i and I, i'm sorry no, i keep please. bringing up the book but it's like when because it will happen when a child lashes out you just need to say what you see i see that you're angry mm-hmm. is this why let's talk you know Mm -hmm. like let's do something about it versus how dare you i think we're out of the era of authoritarian no authoritative sorry authoritarian is good authoritative where it's like how dare you speak to your elders this way Mm -hmm. whereas now it's like hey you're angry yeah and that's okay Mm -hmm. let's talk about why yeah let's get to the root of this thing versus you go right to your room and you don't (laughs) talk to me ever again and yep yeah blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. that's when doors are slammed and shoes Just are that. thrown yeah and-, and and knowing when you feel that anger and knowing how, like you said, to like just talk about it mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm feeling really angry right now. This is why. Mm-hmm. So even it says after an angry outburst, seizing the moment to help your child learn to handle anger, um, you can do it by like doing these three things. So letting your child know that you're not going to condemn him or her. Mm-hmm. So I understand you're angry. I'm not upset at you for being angry. You have right. a right to feel angry. Um, commend the child for doing the things right. So if your child, anytime your child brings verbal anger to you, she or he has done something right. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than avoiding or uh, avoiding some wrong ones. So commending your child for, Hey, I'm glad that you got angry with your words instead of punching a wall. Like, thank you for... Or, like, thanks for coming to me. Yeah, whatever it might be. Um, And then after that, just helping your child move towards a more positive anger response. Mm -hmm. So I just remember my brother would punch holes in walls. He had that much anger built Mm -hmm. up in him. I think at one of our houses, he punched, like, four holes in his wall. Yeah, Yeah. and and it was... Honestly, for him, it wasn't until he discovered lacrosse Mm. that those stopped happening but he did need that outlet like right s- and a sort of outlet as being a like six foot t- tall mm-hmm. boy who needed to get that anger out but I think it's important when your children have that anger to recognize it mm-hmm. and to help them work through it work through that anger yes. and and figuring out how to feel emotions even as a 26 year old I'm still discovering how I handle certain emotions yep. um yeah even this past week I learned like a lot about myself <laughs> in yeah. in we're always things like about that ourselves. yeah so yeah what a, that's, that's a perfect a ending for what we'll talk about next time more mm-hmm. of that gentle discipline the root of why a child is misbehaving and yeah what's happening in their in their brain and how do we put ourselves in their shoes and how do we move out of this anger this frustration this behavior that's happening Mm -hmm. because it is going to happen and that's natural nope of course what a great conversation thanks for reading this book no i'm really glad and i think i like you and i have talked about it like recording these episodes has pushed me Mm -hmm. 
I don't have time to read, but I have mm-hmm. pushed myself to finish this whole book in like two weeks, which and it's so great. I've had three books sitting on my <laughs> nightstand for months that I haven't been able to read, mm-hmm. but I was like, I need to get this book read by this point. So I'm going to yeah. do it. Um, so yeah, this book. And again, the biggest thing I took from this is showing all five love languages when they're young mm-hmm. and starting to pick up those subtle things of what a love language or what love language your child shows and even adults now I'm like picking out like what my brother's love language is yeah. and things like that and it is so it is so useful in all areas in all. your friendships and your relationships and your family mm-hmm. kids whatever it might co-workers be. everything oh yeah co-workers for sure thanks for writing this book Gary Gary <laughs> Chapman and Ross Campbell love it hey, check it out we'll put it on the gram last time we forgot something very important. we did we forgot to end on a positive <laughs> note I think we were just so jazzed about we um, were doing I'm so excited episode. about this episode <laughs> um can I start because I know you have a good one mm-hmm. I wasn't at school this week so like mine isn't school related mm-hmm. so which is fine um I'm just glad I finished my book and I had a good time reading outside. I got to spend a lot of time outdoors and got a lot of vitamin D this week, which was great. Importante. No complaints on my end. Cool. Yeah. What's yours? I have a few short ones um, because I was going to share this on our last one. So A, I got a letter from my student in Philadelphia um, and I'm excited to write back to her. Um, B, we had an in-service at oh, work yeah. and an in-service, our spring in-service is not like curriculum based at all. It's not discussions, whatever. It is simply going with a group of people from other schools. To all the same network. All the same network mm-hmm. um, to whatever it might be that you choose. So I chose the Desert Botanical Gardens. A lot of people from our school chose that because it's right by our school. And it's beautiful. Um, and it's so nice. And it was the most perfect weather we all went to happy hour before Mm. um we had lunch together and then we just walked around and i got to talk to a teacher from first grade we've talked to her or we've talked about her before tori i got to or i got to have a nice like conversation with her that Mm -hmm. i like got to know more about her so that was a lovely day the purpose of that event is to get to know your colleagues and in a way that you don't get to at Mm -hmm. work so it was like you could hike, mm-hmm. you could go to a seminar on like, like a reading. Yeah, there's the MIM, the musical the instrument MIM, museum, um, the zoo. The zoo, the botanical gardens. I mean, there was stuff all over the valley. Yep. And lots of opportunity for just quality time. Yep. And it happened. We do it every year. The mm-hmm. fall in service is like more, more academic, academic mm-hmm. based, but this one is just getting to do that. And then I had one more positive. Yay. Um, My mom binge listened to all of our episodes she called me late one night not late it was like eight o'clock um (laughs) she called it's late for me um she called me and she just like was so um i don't she she cried on the phone Mm. and i started crying because she and she's not a teacher but she Mm. appreciated every single one of our episodes and she was she was just saying how she felt like you know this past year has been difficult for her Mm -hmm. just personally and that she like doesn't feel like she's been involved in our lives really because I have three other siblings which is not true I feel like she's been involved so Mm -hmm. I I hope that this helps her but um she just like the she just said I am so proud of you which is not like something that she shies from like she has told me that she's proud of me but just to like her listening to every episode and then she's just like I am so proud of what you're doing like in Mm. life essentially um she said like you found your calling yeah um and I just was like crying on the phone with her so that's thanks for listening mom I love you very much love you um and she was like I don't have a lot of people but I'm gonna share this with whoever I can so thank you yeah so that was like my really big thing this week again my mom's like never shied from you know telling us that she's proud of us but I don't know when she said on the phone with me and I was like having a hard night anyway Mm -hmm. and she was just like I'm so proud of who you are pretty much was just so meaningful so thanks mama 
I mean, when you teach and you teach because you love it, there is nothing more satisfying than someone telling you that you have found your place in this world. That this is what you should be doing. Yeah, it is. It's a really good feeling. Yeah, it is. So yeah, that's my positive. Not this is off tangent, but Dave and I were talking last night like, oh, if you were like to win the lottery or whatever. And I don't know. I just I wouldn't imagine myself anywhere else. But teaching yeah like I could do this until the day that I die well that's the the question oh, retirement that's what you're talking oh, about retirement. yeah that's the question that Tori was asking me she was like when you have kids like what are you gonna do I'm mm-hmm. like well I'm gonna take my maternity leave and then I'm mm-hmm. gonna come right back because I cannot imagine even just our winter breaks like I having know. three weeks off two and a half weeks I get anxious I do too and I, I actually need, get like slightly depressed no I do. joke it's, yeah. it's actually like I need that an issue I need to interaction conquer yep but I mean, those kids give me life. Oh yeah, it's no joke. Ugh, like when that teacher on Grey's Anatomy got cancer, and then like her students came in. Oh, hysterical. Well, there. I, hysterical. I mean, there's like episode. Not I don't know why episodes just came in my head. There's videos of like a teacher who got cancer and like um, no, over, don't say it. Overcame cry. cancer. Mm. Um, and all of her kids, all like like a whole grade level of students sing a song to her and I like bawled my eyes out just thinking about that. So it is, it's the most rewarding job you could possibly have. And I wouldn't change it for the world. Neither would I. I think we should end there. Sorry for the long, long episodes. (laughs) I honestly though, I think it's so good to have these conversations. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just so bad at like taking a lot of information and condensing it. You're fantastic. I just want to share everything with you all. Let us share our knowledge with you. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Peep us on the gram. Yep teachers oh what were you gonna say sorry i was just gonna say send us a teacher tale oh yeah that too at teachers talk pod at gmail.com yeah yeah all that fun stuff i gotta go get my nails done now all right i'm gonna finish my smoothie all right we love you thanks for listening